Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. and welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast, episode 220. Today, I'm excited to share a great conversation I just had with Jenny Foss, who is the boss behind jobjenny.com, an incredible online resource for all kinds of career advice, especially for job seekers. She and I are going to be chatting about how to navigate the wild world of virtual interviews, online interviews, specifically video interviews, the complexities that make them unique, and some of the consistencies that make them the same as other interview strategies and best practices to keep in mind. So stick around. If you are currently on the job hunt, I wanted to make sure you saw our brand new free resource, Bossed Up's Guide on How to Find a Job in 2020, the ultimate guide for the modern woman. In our free downloadable guide, you'll get step-by-step strategies for the modern job search, how to overcome AI resume screeners, how to navigate video interviews just like today's conversation, how to make sure you're not lost as just another number in a vast application tracking system, and really how to advocate for yourself every step of the way. Check it out at bossedup.org slash job search and download your free guide today. All right. Joining me on the podcast is Jenny Foss, a former recruiter, a career strategist, and the voice behind the award-winning career blog, jobjenny.com, and the author of the ridiculously awesome resume kit. Jenny, welcome to the Bossed Up Podcast. Thank you. Glad you found me. You're hard not to find. I feel like you are everywhere on line and uh, a fellow LinkedIn learning author, and you've produced such great job search content out there. So thanks for sharing some of your time and expertise with our listeners today. Well, it is my absolute pleasure. So today I want to chat with you specifically about the mechanics and strategy of online interviewing. Obviously, given this period of uncertainty we all find ourselves in right now, it sounds like a lot of us are going to be doing this potentially for the first time. Yes. And potentially for quite a while. But I'm really excited to get your tips on that. Before we dive into that conversation, give us a little background. How did you become a job search expert? Well, that's a good question. So I am um, I am a pivoter, like probably many people that are listening either are or hoping to be. I was schooled as a journalist. I shifted into corporate marketing communications. And while serving as director of communications for a company back in Michigan, I got talked into dropping everything and learning how to be a recruiter. So um, I worked for a friend's recruiting agency for a few years. And when he sold his 
share in the company, I decided that I had figured out the business model enough to launch my own recruiting agency. So I did that. And then it evolved to supporting job seekers with strategy and what I call the paperwork, which would be your LinkedIn, your resume, and any other of the messaging that you're using to support job search. So it all kind of evolved from there. And um, I guess I didn't even realize that jobjenny.com would become what it did, but that's really where my focus is today. I don't do a lot of recruiting anymore. Virtually all of my work is helping people make career transitions or navigate their way through as job seekers. Mm. I love when job search experts come from the background of recruiting because I feel like it's such a great base of knowledge and experience to know what it's like on the other side of the table. And I wonder how does that perspective inform the way you coach folks on the job searcher side of the table? Well, it's funny. I always joke that my career background gave me like the perfect trifecta of skills to do what I do today. But all along the way, I never knew like I was putting it together in such an ideal format. So I have the, the writing skills that it takes to be good at the paperwork, the resumes, LinkedIn. I have the marketing skills from my corporate marketing days to help people market themselves. And then having that background in staffing and recruiting really helps me because I understand how those decision makers, not just me as a recruiter, but the hiring managers think, how they act, what they push back on. And that's incredibly helpful when I'm helping clients. I love that. Quite the trifecta. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, right? It's funny. It reminds me of that Steve Jobs uh, commencement address at Stanford when he said, you can never connect the dots until you're on the other side of things and you look backwards and it all exactly. makes sense. Exactly true. <laughs> so let's, exactly. let's talk about this concept of online interviewing. Why is this becoming an emerging trend even before the health crisis we're all living through now became a thing. Why were employers leaning towards online interviews? Well, I think for a lot of reasons. Number one being efficiency and cost. It's easier for us to bring you online versus fly you out if it's if it's an out-of-area interview. Um we don't have to all gather together and try to figure out a time that works for everyone. So that's a piece, but also for consistency of format. And this is especially true when we start talking about one-way interviews where you you record yourself answering questions and there's not actually a person on the other side. This allows companies to evaluate every candidate according to, I mean, literally the exact same criteria. So as daunting as these interviews might feel for you if you've never done one, there is a rhyme and reason or or several why companies are using them today. Yeah. And I feel like there may even be an argument building on that consistency case to say, well, now all the conditions for every candidate are the same, right? And so we're holding all those variables constant and know that what you see is what you get based on that particular job seeker. Um, and I wonder if that cuts down on on bias or if that 
that lack of human interaction at this stage of the interview process is is a good thing or a bad thing. I am sure lots of job seekers find them uncomfortable and awkward and nerve inducing. So what would you tell us a little bit more about what that format really looks like and how you can prepare for that? Well, um, going back to your your thoughts a moment ago, I think it is a good thing and a bad thing. Mm. <laughs> but even if you hate them and, and think it's primarily a bad thing, they're, they're not going away. In fact, after we we get through the, the current period of uncertainty that we're going through right now, I think at the back end of that, what we're going to see is a lot more of it because companies maybe who didn't consider doing um, virtual interviews in the past are are going to realize, wow, we can do this. This works. It, it's more cost efficient. It's more time efficient. It's more consistent. Right. So um, going to your question of how do you how do you get ready for them? I think a lot of the ways you get ready are, are very similar to how you get ready for for a face-to-face or a phone interview, meaning you're doing your homework, you're asking your point person, what should I be ready for? Are there particular things that, that you would recommend that I focus on? Who am I interviewing with? And what do you think their perspective is going to be or where are they coming from? So that part of it is not going, the basics are not different. Right. Where it starts becoming different is figuring out things like, what should I wear? How do I figure out the technology? Um, you know, where, what should the lighting be like? What do I need to consider in, in terms of the environment and, and things like that? And that's, that's where, where you really need to spend some time. Definitely. And even just asking about the technology in advance and trying to familiarize yourself with whatever tools they'll be using, I think is so helpful. Oh, for sure. Right? Yes. I recommend to all my clients. Yeah, definitely. You got to do a test run. You've got to, I mean, in some cases, maybe you can't do a test run, but for any of the common technologies, or even if it's, if it's like a one-way interview, often the technology will allow you to do a test run to practice Mm. with it beforehand. I mean, I cannot stress enough how important that is. Um, Because the last thing you want, you want to be able to focus on the conversation and on, on doing well in the interview. Right. Versus getting rattled by, oh gosh, my webcam isn't working (laughs) or is the lighting weird or on screen, my outfit looks strange. Like you're going to get so sidetracked if, if you don't have those pieces in place beforehand. It reminds me of an old adage from the realm of politics and campaigns, which is, you know, the medium shapes the message and you want to be sure that you're not getting distracted by the medium in this case staring into the black void of a webcam and distracting distracting from your message itself. Those two things are separate. Let's talk a little bit about preparing for the medium of web-based interviews. Set the stage for us. What are some of the key considerations before we get to perhaps attire that people should think about when it comes to their environment and just how they're positioning their, their space? Yes, great question. So uh, my my absolute number one bit of advice is 
you've got to find an environment that you have at least a moderate level of control over, meaning it's quiet in here. I can control what's in the background. I'm not in a public space like a coffee shop where where someone might walk by, you know, trip and drop their whole, you know, tray of stuff and make loud noises. So I, you know, nothing is foolproof, especially right now when we're going through the, you know, period where everyone is working from home and our kids are home from school. But certainly having an environment where you can have quiet and and set up the background on your own, that's number one. In terms of how do I set up the background? Yeah. I mean, ideally you're picking a well-lit area or room. I have found that facing a window works really well because that natural light coming towards you tends to to make you look really natural and good on camera, whereas overhead lighting might make you look harsh and certainly backlighting is going to make you look like you're a shadow person. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're in the witness protection program, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm talking to a giant silhouette. Yes. And then obviously getting your audio and your camera settings situated before you get on the interview. And going back to to my point a couple of minutes ago, you just don't want to be all rattled about those things while you're in the interview. So, um, and I also encourage people to ask your point person, whether that's a recruiter or the hiring manager, if you could have your interviewer's phone number just in case the technology fails. Because if it does fail, you'll be sitting there thinking, oh gosh, what do I do? Did I just kill my, uh, you know, chance? Uh, um, It's so much better to be able to pick up the phone and call them or text them and say, hey, what do you want to do? Yeah, I think that's a really great idea in terms of having a backup. But also, it does remind me that you can preemptively practice just with, even if you don't have the exact software that you'll be able to use in real time, you can always just bust out photo booth on your Mac or whatever the Windows equivalent is and start practicing beforehand to make sure your environment looks good and make sure your lighting looks good, which are so, so big. Such key points. I think that's a really... Or Zoom. You can open up your own Zoom window and and just start a meeting with just yourself and be able to see what does my background look like? Am I at a good camera angle? And I would say having the camera slightly above you usually works best. You can fiddle with your lighting. Is there anything weird in the background? Something cool now is Skype does this, and I feel like Zoom either is coming out with it or did come out with it, there is an option now on Skype that you can blur your background Mm. as you talk. So if you have some stuff that maybe looks junky in the background, (laughs) you don't have to belabor it. You can just blur it. It's basically like a portrait mode setting, right? Which, yeah, really bring attention where we want attention. I also have to give Zoom a shout out. I use Zoom probably on a daily basis now. And they also have a 
basically a beauty filter <laughs> hidden in their settings that adds a light retouch in real time. Oh, that's I fantastic. Highly recommend. I didn't even realize they had that. Yeah. I have a Zoom call after this. so <laughs> You got to check it out in settings. It's a little checkbox to look for, and it just makes everyone look amazing. And it's subtle. Oh it really, you cannot tell it's, it's a thing. Oh, that's a scream. I haven't combed my hair today. Will it like redo my hair before this call? <laughs> exactly. And the rest you got on a filter. So it's not like a Snapchat filter. It's not going to make your eyes giant or anything crazy like that, but it, it really adds a nice touch. <laughs> that's coming next. Right. I, I cannot wait. <laughs> so one question I have for you is I know a lot of folks are navigating these calls either on their desktop laptop or on their mobile device, does your advice change if folks are tuning in for a virtual interview on their smartphone? I think one of the biggest things to think about if you are using a mobile device, which is fine as long as, again, you can control the environment and, and you either set it up on a tripod or at least be very conscious of not moving it around. Right. A lot of times when people are on their mobile devices, they're holding it down and looking down. If you do that on a, a video interview, your interviewer will very likely have a nice view up your nose. So <laughs> be very aware of that because I'm pretty pretty sure that's not going to clinch it for you if if your if your nose hairs are are front and center. It's nobody's <laughs> best angle, right? No one's best angle. Yes, I mean ideally you you've you've got a, a way to make your mobile device stationary. And again, if you can position it a little bit above you, it's just going to look better. Mm. Definitely. And I'm the kind of person who cannot help talking with my hands. So putting, oh, me too. I cannot hold my phone and have a conversation. You know what I mean? Unless you're walking the dog no. with me and, and my mom and I are FaceTiming. <laughs> it's like that thing has got to be on the windowsill for me to really feel like I can communicate with the full scope of my, my body language. Oh, exactly. If you look at my LinkedIn learning videos, it's just like my kids tease me because I'm just like the quintessential hand talk. <laughs> it's so helpful though. So let's let's talk a little bit about preparing yourself personally. What are some tips to keep in mind in terms of everything from attire to grooming and making sure you feel as put together as possible for this kind of environment? Yes. So people often wonder or worry about what do I where for this because it's at my house. Am I supposed to show up at my kitchen table in a coat and tie or a dress? I would just ask your point person, what would you recommend for attire? Because they know what the culture of that company is. They know what people wear and they know what people appreciate in candidates. So that's, that's, what I would do. But if you get to, if you have an interview tomorrow or today and you haven't asked that question, yeah. what I would do is think about what do the people at that company seem to wear, look on their LinkedIn profiles, look on their social media platforms, and I would go one notch up. So if they're t-shirt and jeans people, I, I wouldn't necessarily wear your, you know, ACDC t-shirt. I would, I would wear maybe a nice looking blouse or mm. shirt. Or my favorite, which is the t-shirt and blazer combo. <laughs> which there 
you can upscale hipster. (laughs) You want to look relevant to them, polished, clean. I would say be aware of the colors. White tends to make you look pretty washed out if you're just wearing a white shirt. I have found, and this is through my work with LinkedIn Learning, I have found great colors for video tend to be like mustard yellow and jewel blue and kind of maybe like a non-super bright red. So those colors tend to work well. Just be aware that you might want to try and coordinate with your background so that you're not, here I am in my yellow shirt against my yellow wall kind of situation going on. (laughs) Floating head moments. Yes. Yeah. You don't want super busy patterns. You don't want to be an optical illusion here. And what is that thing? Like there are some people who, if they look at patterns, certain patterns on, on screen, it gives them vertigo. vertigo. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to give everybody vertigo. (laughs) Right. Totally. You know, it's interesting. We've done a couple great episodes in the past with stylists on, you know, dressing like a boss and how to put together a great outfit. But I do think people who go to white or black as their power outfits would be best served by a little bit of color when you're doing something digitally, right? Completely agree. And that was me. I mean, I am I am the wearer of black. That is me. But when I'm doing video recordings and things, I have had to be very deliberate about weaving in some color for that exact reason. Yeah. And so, but what I want to do, what I want to say is if your video interview comes up very quickly and you can't get out fast enough to get the absolute perfect color thing. I wouldn't stress so much about the outfit versus being prepared for the conversation. Right. If you've got if you've got time to only focus on one, focus on the the quality of your I want to say performance, certainly try on the outfit. You've probably got something in your closet, but don't let it unravel you. Mm. That's not what I'm here to, you know, right. trying to suggest. Certainly, I'm never here to to give people more st- stress. <laughs> what you might want to do is throw on what you think is going to work and either take a short video snippet or take a quick selfie and just check it out. See, see if you think it's going to work and then be done with it. Yeah, that's a good point. No, not to over invest in perception over purpose, right? To focus on the purpose of the conversation, which is to to be your best. So when you're talking into this void or feel like there's no one on the other side of the camera, and sometimes that is the case, how do you recommend people focus their energy in answering questions and telling their story and getting getting that message across as effectively as they can? Well, I think a big piece of this is viewing it as a conversation, which is kind of funny when you think about a one-way interview because it's so weird. But I think where people get really nervous and hung up on interviews in general, not just video interviews, is kind of thinking it's like 
here I am being peppered with questions and it's going to be question, answer, question, answer. And that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Whereas if you can prepare in a way that is more about based on my understanding of this job, right? what are some key points that I want to make sure we we cover? What stories from my career to date do I want to make sure come through? Then you can focus more on having a genuine conversation. And in the case of a one-way interview, just really trying to come off as if you're you're conversing with someone, even mm-hmm. though it's weird, you're just talking to a screen. I sometimes put a little smiley face post a teeny tiny post-it note on my laptop right next to the webcam or right above it so that it kind of reminds me that I'm speaking with a person and it helps me remember where to look which is into the webcam versus onto the screen, which will, for the other person, it's going to end up looking like you're looking down if you're looking at the screen. Right. I love that. And it just a little smiley face can make such a difference in terms totally of... Totally does. It like we as human beings are mirroring each other. So if there's no one there to mirror, at least give yourself a smiley face and you're more likely to smile, <laughs> which I right. think is huge, right? We need to come across as though we're looking friendly and open and... The minute people get nervous, which most interview candidates are, the smile just drops from our faces and can make us look very, very serious. So I think that's a really, really excellent strategy. I wonder, do you think folks should have opening and closing remarks like like an attorney preparing to make a case? Do you think it's important to have those kind of three points I want to get across or a strong closing statement or something like that? Well, certainly they want to have the points that they get want to get across, you know, right. tucked away on a, a pad of paper next to you or whatever. In terms of how to begin, what I often coach my clients on is open up the conversation by saying something like, hey, thank you so much for your interest. Do you mind my asking what about my background prompted you to invite me to have this conversation? Because if you do that, they're going to point out something specific about your resume or your background that caught their eye, which can help you throughout the rest of that conversation to know what to focus on or what stories to share that will really, you know, uh, highlight your strengths in those things that you know that they are most interested in. So that's a little cheat that we offer. (laughs) I love that. And then at the end, I would always, if you have some summary remarks, fine, but I would always ask, say something like, hey, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. What are your next steps in the process or what's your timeline here? By asking that, they might say, hey, you know, we have two more weeks of people and then we're going to start following up for second interviews. That way you're not sitting around for two weeks all anxious because you don't know like, oh my gosh, it's been a week and a half. Nobody's gotten back with me. What's happening? Then you know, oh, the reason I haven't heard is because they're still finishing up the first interviews. 
You can also then, if it's been two weeks and two days, follow up with your point person and say, hey, you know, I remember you mentioning that that you were finishing up with those first round candidates. Just checking in to see where things are at, see if you need any additional info from me um, to support the, the team as you make some decisions on next steps. So super, super important. Yeah. You're doing yourself a disservice by not asking that question. <laughs> I know. You're going to have piles of anxiety and, and yeah. that you don't need to have. Absolutely. And here's the million dollar question for you when it comes to online interviews that I have to ask you before we close this conversation. Should you or should you not wear a full outfit that is camera ready or should you go with the yoga pants on the vibe? <laughs> Ah, it's <laughs> funny that you're asking me that question because I, I'm business on top, yoga pants on bottom at this very minute. <laughs> the, the career mullet. I love it. I'm wearing the career mullet. So it's a bit of a risk. And, and, and here's why. If your kid, your dog, you know, something comes charging mm -hmm. into the room and you need to get up and get them out and close the door, the jig's up. Yeah. So... You know, you can hope for the best, but there's your risk in doing that. So <laughs> I don't know. What would I say? I mean, it would be hypocritical for me to say no. But Jenny Foss, on the record. <laughs> you do have a little bit of a risk there. The stakes are a little bit lower for me because, you know, I'm not interviewing for a job when I'm on video calls. Right. But I think it's on you. It, it, it's a calculated risk. You need to factor that in. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to quote you on that. I love that. Well, Jenny, this has been such a great conversation. I could clearly chat with you for so much longer. Um, we'll have to have you back. Oh, yes. But tell our listeners where they can find more of your great job search resources and, and support. Sure. Yes. Well, certainly over at jobjenny.com. Um, you'll find our blog, our services. I am a LinkedIn learning author. So if you have access to the LinkedIn learning library of courses, there are several on there, including one on video interviewing. And then you can find me over on The Muse, where I have been a longtime columnist. So I have not written anything new of late, um, but there are probably 50 or 60 pieces there as well. Awesome. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for having us. We'll drop links to all of those great resources in today's show notes. And thanks again for your time and your talents and for joining us during this crazy time. Well, it has been my pleasure. Great chatting with you as well, Emily. If you'd like to learn more about Jenny Foss and her excellent array of resources, head to our show notes listed at bossedup.org slash episode 220 to find all the links to the relevant resources and references that we mentioned in today's conversation. And now it's time for this week's Boss Move of the Week. This one comes in from Caitlin in the Bossed Up Courage community on Facebook. Here's what she had to say. Here's my bossed up moment. I applied for a job that I wasn't sure I was qualified for, but I knew that a man with my qualifications and experience would absolutely apply. Reached out to the hiring manager ahead of time, absolutely killed my interviews, 
and am now looking at a potential job offer by the end of week. I work for a state university in international education slash study abroad. As you can probably imagine, things are slow for us. All the programs I've developed were canceled. All the work I've done in the last year was torn down in a day. But a few weeks ago, before everything really started slowing down, I took a leap and applied for a brand new position in a new institute at my university. It's an assistant director role, so a step up from my current level, and it's more closely related to my background. Shout out to my friend and colleague for giving me the courage to apply. I reached out to the institute's director, my would-be boss, and asked to meet for coffee to learn more about the institute and the role. We talked for an hour and really got on well. I was notified two Fridays ago that I was on the short list of three candidates, and they wanted to interview me early last week. I had two interviews last week, one with the search committee and one with the director, and then was asked on Friday if I would authorize the search committee to contact my references. Hiring practices for my university state to contact the references of the top candidate. So, of course, I'm ecstatic, but trying not to get too far ahead of myself until I have an actual offer. I am so excited for you, Caitlin. We are rooting for you and cheering you on. And by the way, this is exactly what it looks like to do your due diligence, to reach out unabashedly, to offer your services, and to network your way into a top position. Way to go above and beyond. Congratulations on pivoting during this very troubling time. And we are cheering for you, boss. So keep us in the know. Congratulations on all your progress thus far. Now, boss, I want to hear from you. What did you think about today's conversation? Are you going to apply these video interviewing best practices in your job search? If so, I'd love to hear about it in the Bossed Up Courage community on Facebook or on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at Emily Aries or at Bossed Up Org. And don't forget, if you have a career conundrum you want me to tackle next on this podcast or a boss move of the week that you'd like to share so that you can be featured on an upcoming episode, call them in right now at the Boss Up Podcast Hotline. That's 910-668-BOSS or 2677. Until next time, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose and together we'll lift as we climb.